0: Hi, this is Nick Tierce, and you're listening to Inspirado Projecto. Ladies
1: and gentlemen, creatures and monsters, extraterrestrials and invisible entities we have yet to address. Welcome to another exciting episode of Inspirado Projecto. This is particularly exciting because we're going to be talking with Nick Tierce, and Steve Peters, two masterminds behind the Mesmer and Braid, ARG. For those of you who do not know what ARG is, that is Alternate Reality Game. It's kind of a Dungeons and uh, Dun- Dungeons and Dragons meets a video game, uh, mixed with a Choose Your Own Adventure kind of situation. It's like dumping out the imagination box and putting putting you into that reality, making the reality around you tailor fitting it, so to speak. It's it's it's. it's It's beyond explanation. You just have to experience it to know what I'm talking about. Go to mesmerandbraid.com. Fill out the collaborator test. It is an an extraordinary companion and compendium (laughs) to to the, uh, and collaboration of, with the Vista video game, the app. Check it out. It's out there. I've played it. It's phenomenal. I'm gonna replay it. There are things I still have not yet uh solved, some some mysteries within it. But uh you'll love it. The 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 sound, the colors, and this mesmerin braid ARG, it 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 is in addition to it, and you will meet some exciting characters, one of which is Blurbex 49. If you've got TikTok, I would say uh open up a separate tab, go to TikTok, look up Blurbex49. That is B L U R B E X 4 Niner. Follow him immediately. All right, folks, we're going to listen to a very fun, fun fact by Henry D Horse, and then we're on to the interview.
0: David Lynch personally started a campaign in Hollywood to get Laura Dern an Oscar nomination for her performance in Inland Empire. He sat on the side of the road with a cow during this campaign, which was unfortunately unsuccessful. Stay tuned to Inspirado Projecto for
1: more fun facts. fantastic is this nick tears is that how you pronounce your last name yeah you got it hi kurt how's it going oh man this is great this is so cool to be able to interview you guys and i'm glad you're able to uh sneak in here at the last second this is really cool
0: yeah yeah i'm glad uh, i'm glad steve gave me a heads up this will be fun man um i just gotta say it's
1: just so cool that you guys created this experience um and for it to be able to come out during the quarantine right and uh for something so joyful to be invented during this time and uh, uh it it balances out the um you know all the all the screaming and yelling of everything it balances out yeah. this very cooperative community uh that's all encouraging towards each other and right. all a bunch of just puzzle puzzlementarians which I think is just
0: awesome. <laughs> well that's what's interesting is it's like You know, a lot of that credit has to go to the the actual Hollow Vista team because they set the tone for the whole universe. You know, it's it's a it's a colorful, bright, although very emotional story world that they've created. And just to be invited, Steve and I being invited to play in that universe, you know, we we drafted a lot of residual joy off of what they had already done. And, you know, my own little soapbox is having for years wanted more immersive and or interactive and or puzzly stuff that wasn't so grimdark, wasn't so... Uh, horror based or or strictly adult in content and uh, so when these opportunities do not come around very often and so to have a team doing a project which honestly before before the arg was even a, a sprinkle in anyone's eye, I was excited about Hollow Vista. I saw the announcement like everybody else did. And I thought, oh man, yes, finally, you know, just the vaguely kind of architectural themes. I I am personally very uh, uh, responsive to that kind of thing. And so I was just like, oh, thank God, these people behind it are also sympathetic to what has become kind of the lost art of alternate reality games, you know? Oh man, it's,
1: you know, it's so interesting, everything just <clears throat> blended together just perfectly. Oh, and here we got Steve Peters, who just joined us on the line. Um, Steve, Nick and I were just talking about how uh, you guys, you know, sort of received the announcement of Halo Vista like the rest of the world did. And this was before you guys were included with the Mesmer and Braid uh, uh, ARG, right? That's right. So so did you guys get a chance to play Halo Vista before, so you could like really get acquainted with that world, or did, or did they... Or did you hear about the announcement they go oh we want you guys to do the arg aspect don't worry about what we're doing behind the scenes here while we develop this i mean how how did that how did that work
2: well initially uh the the aconite folks contacted me i've been an advisor for them for the last couple of years and they they said they wanted to basically do an arg uh for to promote holo And um, I think I, we both got access to it, early access, to familiarize ourselves. But I don't think Nick, did you get, were you able to? Nick's not on iOS. Yeah, so I, I,
0: I, actually uh, the day the day they sent us the test flight link for a very rough version of the game, uh, this was bef- right at the beginning that we were commenced. I ran down to Target and I bought an iPod <laughs> Touch. <laughs> That's great. So that I could play it, and because you know I had to, I had to, I was so curious about it just as a player <laughs> that I. oh man if we have any chance of doing an alternate reality game for this we i've got to play this thing so no I i made sure that i had an ios device available to me because it was just too tantalizing i was so excited by the early imagery that they had released that uh I was I was on the hype train very early on that
1: one. Oh my gosh, man, it looks yeah. like it's like a world within the world of Tron or yeah. something. There's you know this <laughs> element of neon and then and then when you add that that really unique soundtrack to it yes. which is almost like like elevator dubstep or something. It like it's so soft and almost like a lullaby but there's like these dubstep qualities I mean it's just interesting the whole thing works together and it just totally makes sense that there would be an ARG connected with this thing it just totally makes sense now with that really kick-ass is that a scarab beetle what what kind of what kind of <laughs> beetle does that perfect? is
0: that is a Hercules beetle
1: oh that's right the Hercules
0: beetle yes
1: um what okay so was that for did they tell you Th- this is something we got to need we need to create or did you see that within the game and you go "Ooh, i gotta make a real life one of those uh, how did that come about
0: i think we looked at the, f- the 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 one environment in the game where you were going to be in mesmer and braid headquarters in the lobby and yeah. there was this idea very early on that we wanted to have something from the mobile game be in the alternate reality game as the kind of last object that the urban explorer would find Damn. and we, we went back and forth on a lot of different things but no it was in the game first yeah. and we kind of cast it as okay we want something that will be an object from the game that will functionally unlock that final recording that delivers the the story aspect but what could be an interesting item and we 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 tried a bunch of different ideas but we just kept coming back to that beetle because it was just such a compelling weird looking thing oh
2: man. yeah yes yeah it typically is. when typically when we when when uh, we'll do a, a an ARG to promote something we one of the first things we do is just cr- try and look for kind of cross-pollinization points things that we that are in the game that we can use in ours you know we go through the assets and and say you know we had a a challenge in this case because there was a different timeline but at the same time any any sort of integration you know the first thing we'll do is pour over all the existing materials and say what can we integrate into the arg in a cool way are there characters are there props are there just looks and um yeah the beetle really kind of jumped out at us That's something that would be cool cool and we hoped that they had a 3d you know uh a model of it that we could uh you know run off of and uh, um i I think nick ended up just kind of doing it how did you do it nick i I mean did you do it totally by hand well we tried to use a 3d model to start with we tried to get it
0: 3d printed but everywhere that we sent it out to quote i mean it was not built to be 3d printed it was a game (laughs) it was a game asset through and through and so the quotes that came through to print it either said we simply can't print this or it was was an astronomical amount of money to, to print it out. Yeah. So so I just ended up sculpting the beetle by hand. And whoa, uh, yeah, that was- What did you use? Did, was that paper mache or sculpting? It or was, uh, yeah, yeah, just traditional modeling clay mm-hmm. on top of a kind of armature out of wire and foil, you know, traditional kind of sculpting techniques. But yeah, it was, I did have the 3D model to print out at full scale on paper and, and use as a guide for the sculpt. But uh, that was something that it was just, There were so many points at which I thought, well, maybe we should just choose something else than the beetle, but I just kept going back to it. (laughs) Personally, personally, I was very invested in having this moment of a guy dig up a box and find this bizarre beetle inside. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we thought it was it was cool, just kind of a WTF factor at the end, right? It's like, what does he dig up? Because that's always what? like, what is what is the finale going to be, you know? And what is going to be feel satisfying for the audience and weird, and you know, what are we leading up to? And the Beatle just always felt very cool, you know. It's like we, he digs this thing up, and it's like what? Totally unexpected, right? So, I mean, that was I think that was it too. I mean, out of all the things you could guess, he would dig up. a a beetle is the last you would never you know
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah with a secret message hiding inside i mean it it just kept going it was just the fractals just kept going now before we continue because um what i've noticed on on when i use this app sometimes if if people try to call in sometimes it'll kick us off so if you want to put on your do not disturb um, sign. If you guys got that on your phone, it's probably a good, good idea to put that on there, so that way, if texts or uh, phone it. calls come through, it doesn't knock you off. Um, now, th- to go along with what you were saying there, finding those cross-pollination things, that is something that has always appealed to me, the idea of bringing something into a seemingly uh, um uh, well i guess in the case that i'm going to use a 2d universe and bring it into reality which was when they did it with the <laughs> simpsons where they made the quickie marks right. they made all the seven lives in a real life you could actually get the donuts you could actually get a yeah. buzz cola you know it was like whoa this is a it, it made you feel like you were really a part of that universe and that's how it felt with this seeing that beetle out there oh and then on top of that inside oh god there's so many little easter eggs and it's like i don't know what to talk about without spoiling, spoiling right. anything what not to talk about but there there was a part where I was very excited where I saw uh, Blurbecks make a, a guest appearance in there uh, within the Hall of Vista. Yeah, uh, that, that, was that was
0: something we two, did yes. not know. We did not know that was going to happen when we chose the oh, Beatle. When, when we chose the Beetle. we thought this will be our one kind of big tether and uh, into the game world. Little did we know that the door was gonna swing the other way because the people at Aconite making Hall of Vista were so happy with how the alternate reality game was going that they wanted to incorporate some of our assets in into their game, which, was, yeah. you know, the, the highest compliment we could possibly receive.
2: Oh my God. Man. I think there's actually in two, I don't, I don't, I haven't noticed that anybody noticed uh, the, the, the things in the lobby. Uh, I don't know that anybody posted about that. We we, we were able to have some arg, an additional ARG things and in, you know, oh. put into the game. Oh my god.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's, that's yeah, it. Yeah, anyone who goes in and kind of looks around the Mesmer and Braid lobby will see some some assets that were integral to the beginning of our game, the
2: art, the yeah. ultimate reality game. Well, yeah, I, I don't think anybody's noticed that or at least they to Well, haven't I love seeing
1: though. the I, I love seeing the pictures of like the glow right and the you oh, know, well, that like was clean it. all those things up. Yeah, there. that's that's, yeah. What we were, that's what we
0: were that's what we were that's what we were implying. Yeah, that's the one. So,
1: those, like, that was just, like, such a joy of seeing like, because then it gave me this idea like, okay, someone is someone is uh paying attention to what's even going on in the chats in the discord room too because i saw things that people were <laughs> as people had ideas you know that's like oh what if this or what if that i mean you got these kinds of sleuths out there who are are, are flipping images upside down and running backwards <laughs> oh and yes, and we know, of, yes and it, it's like what the how, how does, he, does someone even think first of all to think of to do that and then second of all for for the other person on the other side who leaves that easter egg for that person to find thinking that oh there's going to be someone out there who knows how to do this so i'm going to leave this little thing in here and then they're going to come across that like there's like in, in discord there was someone who said something oh what if we do this thing or do that thing i ended up seeing that those exact comments within the hollow vista video game too so i was just like
2: there's another one oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's right yeah they put some stuff about what are they it's about a Caesar cipher or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Some fun stuff. There were some <laughs> nods back to the ARG players. You know, we try, you know, there were some, uh, you know, we have the benefit of, You know, when when you're playing these things, it feels like you're playing alone. But in reality, like Nick and I and the team are basically breathing over everybody's shoulders, looking at everything, watching everything they do, Uh, because, you know, we just need to be responsive. And we want, you know, it's like it's like jazz. It's like call and response. Right. If we can react to some things that the players are doing and um, and so I I know that in doing that, there end up being some kind of MVP players that kind of stick out and do an amazing amazing things you know that whether it's like solving a cipher that we never anticipated being solved at all to you know setting up you know doing big guides that are helping uh people you know big stories so far things that are you know people are doing or you know so i think they did they wanted to shout out to some of the kind of the mb you know the real active players Uh, in kind of fun, subtle ways uh, in the app, which I thought was great, which I thought was really nice.
0: Yeah, that dance, that dance back and forth between us and the community playing the game is a real opportunity because it's a real-time thing uh, that doesn't always come up. It's also a challenge in some ways because that core player base, many of them had come in having played al- other alternate reality games but they're playing mm-hmm. they're playing right alongside people who have never experienced anything like this and so from a desi- <laughs> from a design perspective it's very difficult to set those expectations up front because we inherit a lot of expectations from previous experiences and when you inherit expectations but you want to do an experience that maybe sometimes plays against those expectations <laughs> knowing how you can set that concept up in universe without breaking the fourth wall and kind of telling the players where the boundaries of the box are and where you can play where's the magic circle where's the barrier and uh you know it's always you never know how that's going to go until the game starts and so we had to be very responsive to okay they are starting to break the website because they think that's how you play an arg (laughs) because that's how other args have been created for you to play them and so we had to had to kind of reinforce everywhere the the kind of base resolution of our experience in in terms of an experiential concept. Like, okay, how 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 will I be able to touch this thing? And so I feel like we had a, a couple things at the beginning where we were able to reinforce. Look, you're not going to be able to dip below the water at that level because our experience exists up on top of the water and we we are always going to keep it here and that's not to say that you won't be able to dive into the story aspect of it but in terms of the mechanics of how you engage with that story there might not be those same expectations you're coming in with available to you here and so that's always the trick of that dance but it's also a huge opportunity so i i'm i'm very happy with where we ended up
2: yeah, to me that's the fun of it. To me, that is part of what makes it unique and fun. Is that we're not just shipping a game. It's like we're helping them at the beginning. It's very much an educational process. Like we're teaching, teaching them how the game, how our version of the game is going to work without teaching them, without like an ins- a set of instructions. We try and yeah, invisibly man, teach totally. them what where our boundaries are, where the game's boundaries are. You know, invisible guide rails. We don't want it to feel like because we want it to feel real. You know, for me the goal is, like you said make it feel like the story is actually taking place in the same world that we live in that's my goal for every everything that I do like this um, but that creates issues so you got to find ways to subtly uh, you know covertly you know signal what's in and out of game sometimes you have to break the, that curtain and be overt when they don't pay, you know when they don't seem to get the message uh, you know for in the past we've had players try and you know reset the passwords on uh, certain people's American Express oh, accounts geez. and stuff like that, thinking that they were in game and we had to kind of very quickly, you know, sometimes you just need to shout it and be, you know, uh, you know, be uh, non-subtle. Right. <laughs> but, you know, in wow. this case, we could we, yeah. could we could stay, you know, inside. and plus we didn't know who our audience was going to be. We wanted to be very approachable for a new audience who's never done this. And uh, it's always like, let's wait and see how many kind of veteran ARG players are gonna come along and that will help us determine what we need to do, how we need to respond to things, how difficult things can be. And and so a lot of it is kind of, you know, yeah, did we retool some stuff after we saw what the audience makeup was gonna be? Yes, absolutely. Uh, if it was all new players, it would have looked a little different maybe, you know
1: wow well what's interesting too is because it's happening in real time you guys get to see what's going on and hear their theories and everything uh i imagine it's probably just like with the writers of, of lost and, <laughs> and they get to hang out in the forums and see what people's right. thoughts are somewhere about which way is it going to go or what could be here and here you guys are are hanging out in the, in the discord rooms and this offers so many opportunities for for characters that are planted there to kind of go oh i already checked that out and you know that's that's it just won't go any further i've noticed you know so it gives you the opportunity to kind of Create an alias.
2: Um, there, to, there. You know. Yeah, there are some people that do that for me, and I think Nick too. We we have kind of a philosophical uh, line that we draw that we won't invade player space. Oh, yeah, we no, we, we never,
0: we never had to do that on this one. No, um,
2: no we never posted. Oh, that's cool. We watched in Discord. We never. I don't think I said word one in Discord. No,
0: we uh, we oh wouldn't. God, uh, we incredible. we wouldn't even upvote correct answers. Uh,
1: yeah. No. Oh my god. <laughs> that's brilliant did that take a lot of like i mean it, it must be just like watching a person play a video game you're mm-hmm. wondering what are they what are they thinking next where they're right. going to go next oh wow he opened a door i never saw before so was that interesting for you guys to kind of watch that sort of video game <laughs> unfold <laughs> of the arg uh in front of your eyes i mean was that just that must have been you must have just been tick uh, giggling all the time going oh they're going in that direction <laughs> oh yeah. yeah i mean To me that's
2: the fun and and uh, there is a a portion of like we need to learn you know teach our cohorts like our partners at Akinod saying you know listen you're gonna really have to resist the urge to help resist the urge to make comments Uh, just let them because really I mean for me it's easy to want to hint give hints until I remember that if I give a hint uh, for a puzzle I'm robbing somebody of the joy of solving it without that hint. So, you know, that really helps me. We'll have to make sure something is really, really broken before we'll kind of step in. And we'll do it in an in-story, in-game sort of way. Uh, We would never, like, say... Hey, have you guys tried this? <laughs> you know, po- posing out with the right because sock Pop out accounts to me are obviously like, usually really obvious. <laughs> it's like then it becomes a game of, then it also shifts the game, and the game becomes, ooh, who among us is the mole? Right. So, yeah, it, that's a good way of it. changes it. the dynamic and uh, it usually opens a can of worms and it usually doesn't end up in a good place uh, when that happens. And we've watched, we've both watched instances of that happen where things kind of implode because all of a sudden, you know, players get suspicious and, you know, it becomes a big, a big, you know, who is among us game. Right. <laughs> right. Right. That
1: becomes the game that, that you're not trying to get the right. Out. Okay, it, right. Right. Gosh, it's, it must be so like when I, w- when I went into the Discord channel and I started looking at what, what some of these, you know, <laughs> I didn't even realize there existed this whole culture of people who are just like, you know, like, like top quality ARG players. I, I, I didn't realize until I got into the, the Discord room and I'm like, Holy cow, these guys are playing a game that I, uh, a heightened level of this, it's like watching really good ping pong players play backwards or something, and you're going, what the hell's happening here? This is incredible. I would never even think to do that. People are inverting images, and they're doing all, they're finding secret right. passwords, and so how did you guys balance that with the release Okay, gosh, there's so many questions here. So many avenues. Um, okay, knowing that there was a time limit before Hollow Vista was released, how did you know how much time out would be a good time to to, to to give people the opportunity to solve all the puzzles you know, and tie it up right at the end? How, how'd how you know how to pace that out?
2: Hmm, Nick, you want to?
0: Yeah, I can take that one. Uh, for us, it was a situation where we knew when the game was coming out. Roughly, there were a few juggling moments of the release date changing that we had to account for. But in general, we knew roughly when it was going to come out and roughly how long we wanted the experience to be, and kind of what the pace of that would be, like how frequently we were going to drop new content. And that quickly became established just based on looking at the calendar and dividing up how many beats of story we wanted to deliver. Uh, roughly every four days, we were going to drop new content, and you know just from previous experience i mean you want you want a certain level of complexity to grow as the experience goes on however we knew that with a a a strong enough group of core players that they were going to solve anything we threw at them faster faster than we ever expected it so the 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 challenge actually becomes not necessarily how do we get it all in there but how do we build in natural breaks that will uh that will mean that they can stop know that they've solved uh, this week's are this day's content and that they are uh waiting for the next uh installment and that we ended up deciding would largely be when they needed to throw content back at blurbex the character and have have him go find something else and so we generally said okay there's going to be things that they unlock some of which will be mostly narrative building out the story of the mesmer and braid history which honestly was the priority of this entire arc was delivering that kind of uh nuanced Uh, exploration of that story world and the way you would unlock that was through the puzzles i i'm fully aware that there are some players who come into these experiences strictly looking for a mechanical experience of solving one puzzle that leads to another but hopefully we found a way to integrate that with the narrative that's always the trick of this is finding the balance between mechanical exploration and and the actual kind of story we're trying to tell through that. And, uh, you know, we found a way to do it by saying, look, either you're gonna find something that you don't have all the pieces of that this character needs to go find in the story world that only he has access to physically, or... Or it's the other way around where he needs to send you something that fills in, you know, we wanted to have that ping pong back and forth between, hey, look, in a traditional alternate reality game, we might actually be able to send people out into the real world to find actual dead drops and caches and and all these different things. But since we can't do that during a pandemic, we're going to have a character who is doing that boots on the ground kind of physically exploring a space and and hopefully that will lend uh an air of reality that we wouldn't be able to get otherwise and so yeah it was mostly just pacing that out as okay we want them to end at this understanding narratively we want them to know this what's the most compelling way to dole that out in pieces and tell pieces of the story that build on itself and say okay This couple is married and one of them has taken a back seat and 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 there's the drama with the board and and we can just how do we stack that on top of each other in a natural way that seems like okay they're gonna come to this final understanding that will set the stage for the themes of the mobile game that was always the goal is how do we how do we give them a kind of parallel thematic experience that will get them in the headspace of what themes the game is going to be talking about
1: Wow. I mean, that was such a great idea. Uh, well, first of all, just the fact that this this whole experience came out during 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 right. the, the quarantine. So mm-hmm. it gave people a lot of like, oh, what, you know, some fun you being able to use their imagination. The number two, the fact that, yes, Blurbacks was out there as which i thought was great that there was a history of his TikToks of him going out there to (laughs) these urban you know the urbex sort of uh hashtag areas and then all of a sudden there's a randonautica which is great because that coincided so perfectly too with this this huge spotlight on on randonautica and everybody going whoa what's where's that led me to now so it was just really cool to see how fast the blurbex account just got so many views and got so many people curious about this and I would love to see how that coincides with the amount of people who went on to download Hollow Vista. It'd be really, really kick-ass because we can see how influential TikTok is and just imagine how many people were were brought into Discord um, through those Right. those
2: shenanigans. Yeah, we did have we did have a little bit of a challenge because we we wanted to stay in game. We never wanted to be like, oh, and this is part of this thing for hola Vista, and here's a link to the app to download. Right, we didn't want it to be that. For, <laughs> so for people to find that, they needed to kind of take a take a couple steps, and uh, and and a certain amount. And I always look at it like. Uh, you know we talk about the inverted pyramid where uh, you know the big bulk of players are very casual and they just kind of look at the content they watch it and they they could have watched Blurbex's videos and enjoyed them um, but then you know there's a right. percentage like 10% of the people will take another step and go okay what's what's this about and we did notice a lot of people were all his other videos you know got lots more views then as well and then we look at kind of the tip of that spear that that smaller percentage of, of people People that will go to the final step and go okay all right what is this for real and let's let's really dig into this and they would find the Mesmer and Braid site and they would take that test and we definitely did see a big upswing in kind of those tests taken so it really did we were we were wow. able to migrate a lot of people at least that far and to us that was kind of the doorway into the ARG um, and as far as they went past you know beyond that that was a little bit tougher to track but that was kind of our 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 gate that we got them got them to, and it definitely wow. it definitely worked to a to a large extent. Um, and 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 it would have done more if we'd have been more like typical marketing, going brought to you by you know you know blah blah blah. Um, but it was really this way. to me, it was really rewarding for the people that did that okay. because they're like, oh, I've discovered this thing and it's cool. And and uh, you know, I I, I think that we definitely moved the needle on on the hall of us to uh you know launch as far as creating awareness, you know, creating buzz. A lot of people had never heard of it. ARG players had never heard of it. A lot of people uh left comments on the app store that they came to the app through the ARG. So that was that's really great. So that's like that's like that's like uh honey to our our ears. Is that the right metaphor? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You you don't pour you don't pour honey in your ears, Steve? I don't know. What is it? Yeah, that's, that's music to our ears, honey to our wounds, whatever. I'm losing. Hey, it's COVID. I'm losing, you know, I lose words. I don't have conversations with adults very often. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, and, and, and you know, compound on that is, you know, because of the lockdown, because of the pandemic, uh, people are more apt to do stuff online and people are really hungry for this sort of thing. And uh, I've I've said this over and over uh, that I've, uh, we've been really busy and since March and I've seen, done similar projects for uh for other other folks and and uh, uh the response has has been way beyond projections because people are just starving out there for stuff to do they're locked in their places and they they don't have digital fun things to do and that's we wanted this to be something that would that would that would be that it would be a nice escape and and uh and promote that game at the same time so and i think we i think we want wow. that
1: you, you guys, totally. I mean, it was just, it was just amazing how well the the universe just kind of fell along in line with with your guys's imaginations here. Because, sure, you know, yeah, you, you're you're thinking, oh, the the dream would be to have these people out there searching for these things, so Let's hide some geocaches, so could go out go out and investigate this stuff. But the cool thing is, next best thing is they get to live vicariously through Blurtus, yeah. who's out there, and he, he was, was our av- there, he was their avatar, you know, and, and you know. Oh dude, it was just so, yeah, totally. Like he's, he's the, yeah, he's the avatar you're playing in the video game. And it was just so cool because the fact that he would reference you, okay. So you'd see, you'd see that sort of like cross pollination of the people who are in the discord rooms now making comments on on Blurbex's, Mm -hmm. you know, page. And then then referring back to a discord page. So, you know, so now there's this question mark and then go, oh, thanks to Yankee White. He told me this information from Twitter, you know? So then people who are watching it go, oh, what the heck is this Twitter? Who's this, what's this all about? And then when he's like oh yeah my friends told me about the mesmer and braid thing i figured out what the hell i might as well sign up for this collaborator test thing whatever this is (laughs) you know and then it's great because then people are like wait what's what is this you know you know and and maybe i should investigate that too so it was just such a wonderful beacon to those people who love finding easter eggs and to those people who love hiding (laughs) easter eggs and you you accomplished you accomplished it all. I mean, it oh, was thanks. Just, just so rewarding to, yeah, so satisfying to watch unfold and to see people just perplexed with, with the puzzles and trying to figure stuff out and going, oh, we can't wait to tell blurbacks about this one. And it was just, oh man. It well, and that so much was fun, fun for us too. The,
0: the direction of that flow that you're describing was, was actually only half of what we kind of set up for ourselves as a structure at the very beginning, which is to say the flow of, oh, Mysterious TikTok leads you to this website, I'm going to take this test, and hopefully funnels them down to, oh, wow, this is the Vista universe, let me install this app and, and play this game. That was That was the one direction of it, but if we were going to do only that and basically res- reduce ourselves to being just a viral campaign promoting the game, mm-hmm. there would be different decisions we would have made in the design of the experience that probably would have been a little bit more in the traditional alternate reality game structure, but we also had this idea that was very much appreciated by Aconite when they were building the game. Look, that that will exist for the period of the game being live, but what if we could design it in such a way that people who know nothing about it, when they play the mobile game on their own and it's been out for, say, five years, What if we just kept everything live and we maintained it and designed it Mm -hmm. in such a way that they could replay it in a sense? Not live and not necessarily linearly, but you know, the the flow in that direction comes in the completely opposite way. They start at Hall of Vista, they find find Mesmer and Brain, and then they find Blurbex. So Blurbex is both the end and the beginning, depending on where the player
2: is starting so the end and and that is happening we're we're watching uh tests continue to be taken you know those those uh that gatekeeper i mean at a healthy pace there's still new people coming in every every day
1: gosh man you've just tied you've tied the audiences up into like a bow of infinity because no matter they're just chasing their own tail it's beautiful they're chasing they're chasing blurbeck's tail
0: (laughs) and that that was why we didn't have blurbeck's to any intense degree recap the story information that the players unlocked on the website. Because if this was just a live as you go event, I think Blurbex probably would have posted recap videos about, oh wow, this place this place was burned down on this date. And he would have he would have made it to where you could just watch the TikTok and be completely caught up. But we thought, well, wait a minute. If people are coming back and looking at this, if we just don't have him say too much specifics about that, the way that what he finds helps to unlock assets on the Mesmer and Braid backend, that doesn't need to go away like you can always unlock that stuff you can always call the phone number and say those passwords in the right in the right order and hear the final message like there's nothing that has to be live about that you can always pretend to be a a, you know an an Indiana Jones going into Mm -hmm. the, the details of this and so uh, I'm very personally satisfied that we were able to thread that needle because it was thinking, it was thinking forwards and backwards in time with every decision that we made. Gosh,
1: how fun and amazing! I mean, it's just like having all those little uh, um, foreshadowings then to come to play and for people to come across those. And plus, I mean, uh, there are so many more folders <laughs> you, uh, to open on the Mesmer and Grade website. There's there's a whole history. You know it's so funny the beautiful thing about like the hi- about history is that there's always a lot of it that you can always dive into that's never been discovered before. So there's it's so great because like, like you'll see in TV shows where they're doing a flashback or a flash forward, but they're not telling you what it is or what right. it isn't. And now you're like, oh, okay, there's now another piece of the puzzle. And with all of those those unopened folders yet, I mean, gosh, that could reveal even other crazy information. And maybe there's a secret diary that was published, which you guys can put out. And I mean, God, there there are so many. I, I want to be a that's <laughs> actually, you know? So I think... Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's, there's it's a giant pair of yellow
2: gloves it going!
0: hey if uh <laughs> you know if hollow vista gets uh to a level of success that necessitates a sequel or at least not a traditional sequel but expanding the universe of mesmer and braid i think steve and i would be very open to mm. oh yeah jumping back into that universe okay. should the opportunity present itself
2: yeah and we left little conduits little mm. plugs that we could plug stuff you know there's there's like you said uh there's ways to add on if we wanted
0: to.
1: Well, that's one of the brilliant things about cliffhangers and, and leaving that mystery there. Like I remember reading a uh, an article one time about David Lynch, he goes, I like to leave every movie with about a 35%, uh, 35% <laughs> mystery at the end, hmm. <laughs> it's like almost everything's tied up and then there's all these loose ends like, oh yeah, but what about that, what about this? So there's like all these little cliffhanger possibilities um, that it can go in and um, it, it's it's just, uh, it's, you're right, man. This this could just keep going and going. And you guys have made, you guys put so much effort into making those blueprints. And uh, yeah, the whole backstory, um, man, there they're, it could go in so many, so many directions. And you guys, like, I, it makes me wonder how long you guys have worked together on other projects, because you guys have a great uh, uh, synchronistic, uh, you know, it seems like you guys were sharing the same brain space. How long <laughs> we met at ArgFest
0: 2014. And we worked together for the first time when Steve put out the bat signal at Niantic Labs when they were still at Google in 2015, or excuse me, late 2014. Yeah, it was it was yeah it was it was it was winter 2014, and uh, that was our first. We we spent eight wonderful months on an alternate reality game called Endgame Ancient Truth, which was which was tied into a mobile app wow. which never manifested.
1: holy cow but you had so many ideas from that i'm sure they were probably itching to be plugged into other projects were you able to use any of that information for other well you know i
2: mean you know there's a portfolio of puzzles uh, that we can always draw from uh, from if, if need be. Um, you know, Nick and I went on to you know we were able to you know work together on various things over the years. Since then, more on a, you know, uh, he Nick, you know, a little on Dark Detour, mm-hmm. uh, the you know uh, a little, uh, and we worked on a uh, a live escape room TV show that got canceled, <laughs> got which sadly, sad to say. Um so you know the the thing is is with this is like there's a vocabulary and Nick Nick had had done args you know before we met and so we kind of knew the same vocabulary we spoke the same language as far as this sort of thing goes cuz it's a very to me it's a very specific format to tell a story right it's like you're you're sprinkling breadcrumbs around for people to find and play a game of connect yes. the dots as opposed to just like Telling a story, you're letting people find the evidence of the story, and and basically the audience then tells each other, they tell the story to each other, as opposed to us telling the story to them. Oh
1: man, it's been so fun seeing you know how the ARGs it really brings together. Like when you see the Love Discord it. community, like the Mesburn Braid one, you you go, this is a microcosm for what's possible out there in the world. Is people actually you know eliminating the yeah. idea of competition, and just simply going cooperation, collaboration and to, and turning up the volume yep. on each other's encouragement and findings and going, ooh, you went in that direction. Ooh, look what you found. OK, yeah. let's dig di- further in that direction. And it was just such a satisfying. It's just such a satisfying feeling when you've got people in there who are. Just their love is playing around Ooh. in imagination and their love is expanding it further and farther and going, Ooh, what else is there? And Ooh, let's see what other directions we could go in. Um, I noticed, Nick, that you worked on um, an ARG at the Overlook film festival yeah. right was that crazy to introduce <laughs> this crowd of people who yeah. might not have ever been you know used to anything like this before and you go okay we're yeah. just gonna drop this bomb uh, of that like that, <laughs> every project
0: has its own limitations and and kind of uh, conditions that you accept at the beginning and man you know uh, by comparison uh mesmer and braid looked like a very open canvas because when you're doing. When you're doing an event that is <laughs> in, almost entirely live, w- it, with almost no digital component, um, and so everything is Whoa. actually spread out on a functioning city, and not only do you only have three oh. days in which to deliver everything you need to deliver, um, you have people, <laughs> oh my god, the players are running around a fun- a functioning city, and they you, you need to make sure they don't die while they're <laughs> playing your games. And so we had actors placed at various locations throughout New Orleans. and uh you know that that oh that's god. a situation where you really have to be responsive to what people are doing because quite frankly Ooh. not even just the players but the partnerships you set up at local businesses may, may may end up falling through oh my god at the last minute and if you have kind of a linear puzzle chain where players need to get from one place to another if someone backs out at the last minute you have to either patch up the two puzzles <coughs> on either side of it or you need to fundamentally uh, uh, yeah. uh Com- find a new home for the stuff for stuff that you designed for a very oh specific God. type of location, you know. Because we had stuff, it was we we wanted it to be like it was supposed to be in the space that it was in, and uh, that yeah, that was a, a huge opportunity, a huge challenge, and and thank God no one was hurt playing the game, and the, none of the puzzles broke, which honestly was the biggest concern. It's just that some yeah. some link in this three day chain was going to break, and we didn't have one link break. So yeah. No. I, I was very live events, oh man. God. Live I, events
2: are a whole other ball of wax. It, it really is. It really is. Yeah. yeah.
1: Whoa, man. Yeah, That's like yeah. A Quest. That's like a quest where you got to travel through the the forest <laughs> and the, you know, hop over the the, 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 the crocodile <laughs> pond and all that stuff. I mean, this is like, this is crazy because it it, it must have just kept you on yeah. edge and, and and on alert. That whole time, and you must have felt so proud of yourself well, to be able to pull yeah, off uh, an entire reality uh, within the yeah, reality. Yeah, no,
0: it was very, very satisfying happened. to I mean, be able crazy. to have survived the weekend. But yeah, no, it was it was a weekend of no sleep, and um, you yeah. know, it, it 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 was a unique type of challenge that I'm I'm very glad that that festival has treated as a kind of rotating repertory of featured artists. So you know, not to say that I would never go back and do another one for them, but I love this idea that they are inviting different creators to give their spin on the immersive game every year. And so you can have this kind of anthology feeling of what are different flavors of experience? Because the type of flavor I designed that with Scott Gillies and his and my sensibilities are very different from anyone who's ever designed for that festival. And, uh, you know, it really was not in the vein of what they had done before. And I don't think it's in the vein of what they've done since. And, uh, you know, I just love that idea that you're going to get different people's styles coming through. Because who wants to do the same horror type experience every single year? You know, it, it, I, I think variety is an excellent uh, uh, spice for this kind of uh, this kind of thing. Because you don't want to just you don't want to come travel to a festival every year and do the same type of thing every single time.
1: Well, geez, you know the ARG it opens up the possibility to all those kinds of collaborative mindsets that are are so honed in and and. Um, uh, let's see. Exercised or rehearsed with the idea of, let's say, the gamers who have to, you know, th- their their minds are used to collaborating with each other. They're okay. You hide over here, and okay, <laughs> you know, I'll go in there and I'll plant the bomb. And oh yeah, you know, there's there's a collaborative spirit going on. Or Dungeons and Dragons. There's another one. And for you guys to, it's you know, it's so funny, Steve. I was telling one. I was explaining to my friends the other day about how. The mesmer and braid arg and how the hollow vista games it's like a it's like a, a theme park <laughs> for your mind you know and then i saw on your your website that you design theme parks and so it's funny because the whole arg experience is bringing people it's like it's like you're allowing them the opportunity to play almost like a real life video game as they are the character and and, and then also just kind of suspend the disbelief you know suspend the disbelief that you're standing in front of you know the uh uh, here's a pirate like, for instance, um, in your, Steve, you did this one called oh, yeah, uh, Banana yeah. Quest. And I saw I saw a little video where these people came up to a guy who's playing mm-hmm. a little accordion thing or mm-hmm. uh, whatever those called, concertina or something. And they're like, oh, tell me the, you know, tell me the story of the forgotten wand or something. And he's like, and here's the story of the forgotten wand. And he starts playing the song. And I thought, man, that is so kick ass. Like, it takes a certain kind of mindset to just go, hey, you know what? That guy must be, you know, that guy must be part of the puzzle. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's hell, any, anytime you, anytime and, uh, you get
2: to, you know, do do stuff with pirates, it's a win as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, so, and it, plus it made it a little easier to, you know, pick him out in a crowd, right? So it's like, oh, there's the pirate, uh, you know. Um, but that was, yeah, that was a lot of fun. A, kind of a global treasure hunt, and that was us trying to just kind of take the game mechanic from the game and just like put it out in the real world if we could, and it worked out
1: you guys you know it's so neat this reminds me so much of those like murder mystery dinner theaters or the uh like in chicago they call tony and tina's wedding where it's like you're going to someone's wedding and a bunch of improv actors in there and uh and renaissance fair also comes to mind and i'm thinking holy cow you guys You know, I could just imagine like a a bunch of you kind of masterminds or even just the two of you guys, because each one of you is like equal to, to 10 other masterminds just in your unto yourself. But you get a group of these people to come up with some sort of like almost like a. A, a renaissance fair kind of experience you know that goes on for that week but those those kinds of args that are implemented within that world that's already there you already got all these people dressed up as you know
2: knights well, and, i, I and think i think that, that that's the thing that nick and i have going for uh, yes. us is that our background we do have a lot of kind of immersive theater uh theme park fandom uh in our backgrounds right and um Air G's to me is 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 kind of just a natural extension of that sort of mindset that sort of thinking um yeah i mean and it, to me it serves itself really well uh, in, in fact you, you talk about the theme park i mean we' it reminded me of evermore that i know Nick got to you know you're talking about this kind of this this kind of immersive theme park where it is all that people are trying to you know they're they're doing stuff in that in that realm to try and you know it's it's still very nascent you know what's gonna work and what what is a theme park anymore what can we do how can we right. translate this to the real world in a fun way
0: Right, and I think that that's the key. Like you said, the thing that makes it still nascent is so many of these experiences have been connected to something else as a kind of supportive element. You know, it's a barnacle on a much bigger ship. And so the mm-hmm. idea of designing, mm-hmm. like if you design an art for like a, a Renaissance festival, you might you might be able to get some traction. But people are fundamentally there for different reasons, and so your design your design is necessarily okay. limited to support that experience and not overtake it. But right. when you have these places or events like you know, live action role play that people do, particularly in the Nordic countries that are destinations specifically for the purpose of play and specifically for the purpose of interaction. That was what got me so fired up about the idea of Evermore and the idea of these essentially theme parks that don't have rides. I mean, Evermore does have one ride. Now it has a, it has a train. So technically it does have one ride, but you know, the idea of why it was built was for this type of experience, for quests, for character interactions, for improvisation, for that type of thing to be the center of it i think that has to be the next step because Mm. if it's if it's a game that you're playing while you're at a theme park that's not why most people go to a theme park and you know if you're in a family environment and you really want to just go hard and do nothing but play this game it's going to detract from the rest of your family's experience and so the idea of destinations that are curated specifically to enable this type of play i think has to be the next phase of this in order to define itself on its own two feet, rather than as a kind of campaign connected to some other endeavor.
2: Well, the Star Star Wars uh, hotel is going to be interesting to watch in that space, I think. Ooh.
1: Gosh, which is interesting, because that what, are they going to have, like, Greedo walking around? Who knows? uh, You know, just walking past Well, well, I mean, Greedo, I don't don't mean
0: to break any news here, but Greedo, uh, uh, Greedo is dead. (laughs) No
1: <laughs> What? What's his? What's his? Uh, the, what they the, what are the. They are the Rodians. Called? You know, I think I. Yes. Oh, the Rodians. Are yeah, no. Oh, uh, Grito was Rodians. mercilessly
0: gunned down by a terrible, by a terrible, terrible man. Mercilessly. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Yeah.
1: yeah, gunned down by Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't uh, <laughs> it be funny if he was actually Harrison Ford? So now tell me more about this. Okay. Yeah, no,
0: it's a, it's a, I I believe they still call themselves an experience park. Uh, It's in Utah and they built essentially imagine, you know, your idyllic fantasy village, you know, and it has different buildings and there's, it's a, it's a hub based park and you've got gardens. You've got, you know, the, uh, you've got the different, all the buildings you would expect to have in a little fantasy uh, village and basically nightly they have, characters that will roam and and you can interact with them. And I think at this point in their life, it's still very uh, a very improvisational endeavor, but I don't think it's hard to imagine it becoming a very structured kind of curated uh, narrative experience. And, uh, you know, I just think that I would love to see these all over the country. So I'm personally vested in Evermore becoming a, a very successful endeavor. Uh, Yeah, and just on a physical level, it's beautiful to walk around in a fictional space that is not a waiting room for a roller coaster, you know? right 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 yeah and
1: there's right. not a gift shop attached to the to the end of it you know You're just like there for the for the pure reality of of it which reminds me of one of my big dreams is that my, my future <laughs> billionaire is going to do is he's going to buy he's going to buy some land oh, and actually make a real that life peak that's been one of my big dreams and so you got yeah because now you guys are it's it's so crazy because um Uh, I didn't know how the heck I was really going to plan it out. But now that I know you guys, you guys can help. help Absolutely. You guys will be paid handsomely, of course. Uh, But I'm thinking you got, uh, you know, people walking around. You got a, a Dale Cooper guy, you know, you got a log lady. And so you actually have these characters there and. Little mysteries you gotta solve. I heard about this one, um, which reminds me of, the, of this restaurant that my friends had gone to, and the restaurant mm. had little clues and little things, um, yeah. like rather than just having dinner there, the the whole restaurant kind of was a theme park of sorts because Ooh. there were little secret passages to open and and, and panels to um, find the you know answers to, and then you'd have to be like, oh excuse me sir, you know he's eating his his cheeseburger and you're like, oh excuse me I got to read this question over here, and then everyone starts sort of being a Mm. part of of the experience um and meeting new people you know it was just it was just such a neat idea and i thought man i want to do that with could you imagine the entire world like that like a lynchian
0: type of absolutely that that would that would be a you know a a resort for those who love the abstract
1: definitely Absolutely. absolutely absolutely Oh, my God, man, I, I just, oh, yeah, <laughs> you got the Battle of music just pumped through. Everybody here. talks backwards.
2: Middle, you know. Oh,
1: my God. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, you got the red room, you <laughs> have to go into the curtains, everyone's speaking backwards. So, now, I want to ask you guys about this. How long did it take for you to plan... Uh, let's let's talk about the uh, development stage. How long was the development stage for Mesmer and Braid? With well, all I have my notebook right
0: here, and uh, the first call that we had when we were commenced was uh, in the, at the beginning of May. Uh, so, yeah, that was. Whoa. Yeah, May. Whoa. May fourth, 2020. That was the May. first day.
2: Holy
0: cow! Holy cow! Yeah.
1: You guys did that fast, man. There's a whole lot of we had that to. Went into that, that
0: was thing. that you guys was. That fast. Yeah, yeah.
1: Jeez, man, what the hell? What you guys pulled off is like something that you'd have like a a, a think tank of people trying to you know rattle their brains over for months, months at a time well, trying to figure out which one I, I actually think that a frenzy right The away. fact that, that it phrase. was just
2: basically the two of us on the ARG uh, was was to our advantage um, as far yeah, as it being fast. able to yeah being yeah. able to to do stuff really quickly. And you know, toss ideas around. Um, and Ake and I was great. You know, they're they were very supportive. They they gave us a lot of freedom to kind of play in their story world. Um, so there's a lot of trust there. Um, oh, it wasn't wow. like a typical client relationships I've had where you know you got to go through every every step. There's approval rounds that, you know, they have to approve everything. They've got all sorts of notes, all sorts of changes, you know, Um, very quickly. They would just review things and and just love it and just be like, you know, in case something broke, but a lot of it, you know, the backstory, it was all headcanon to them. I mean, so they they gave Nick and I the freedom to kind of develop that backstory. We were pretty autonomous in a lot of ways, um, and they loved they loved what we came up with. They didn't, you know, so they weren't like married to ideas, and 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 they were just, you know, they just set us off, uh, gave us the ball, and let us run with it, which was which was great.
0: Yeah, that was one of the great pleasures of it was, and honestly, what probably made this so smooth of a process mm-hmm. is, you know, they really were open to us doing whatever we wanted with the backstory of the company, um, but. We kind of took it as a personal challenge to take everything that they told us as just an off-the-cuff idea as their own headcanon, as what if it was canon? You know, we, we basically started from, well, what if we could just deliver something that completely filled in the gaps of what they've already been thinking about it? Even though they said we didn't have to do that. They said, you can do whatever you want. This is just what we... That's great. That, that was, totally yes, that was exactly what reality. we wanted to do. So, yep, yeah. And, do and it created oh. some mathematical issues. Oh. Uh, you know, there, <laughs> they're, 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 you know when, when they kind of ran down, you know, the company was founded <laughs> here and then Mesmer and Braid, you know, live uh, uh, now, they're alive now. Uh, I said, well, that means he's a junior. <laughs> and there was a senior who started the company because uh, there's no way that this is a single generation story. And so that's kind of where the idea of making it a making it a story about legacy and making it a story about about kind of, um, oh. you know, the regrets of an artist who really was trying to push the boundaries. And then you see the recurrence of that in modern day. And so this this son of a genius who is seeing his wife, who is a genius, kind of repeat some of the same mistakes his father made i thought there was an inherent drama for that and basically giving a justification for well why would this guy why would this guy create this puzzle trail to allow the players to learn a secret and the the answer was if he just told everybody about his dad that would be perceived as a threat to his wife's work and so we wanted to have this kind of inside group who was close to him and knew the truth and said well if someone seeks the truth we at least want it to be available to them we don't want it to be locked away forever because we think we, we want this context cuz you wow. know in the light of day you can appreciate the nuance of of the ups and downs of a company that's existed since the late 1800s
1: Wow! Wow! And it's <laughs> cool too to see all the different logos that you guys have placed. That, that's what was really cool to see the newspaper clippings, to see the magazine articles. I immediately started looking out, uh, looking online for because I would not have put it past you guys to to have a website for for those magazines. Yeah. That, <laughs> that those clippings were from. I'm like, whoa! I was, I was just like. You know, it was crazy just how, like, how you made it so particular to those decades that they were in. Like, the one Mesmer and Braid font, yeah. I remember, mean, it kind of looked like Star Wars, like a Star Wars font. Like, you know, everyone kind of jumps on, on certain bandwagons of, during the time, and they're like, oh, you know, this seems to be popular. Let's kind of do our thing in that font to kind of, you know, use that subliminal signaling. It is, like it is a they're lot,
0: you know, uh, also you know, so the cool. idea that when you look back, At company logos in certain decades, it is amazing the sameness that starts to occur very quickly, and kind of uh, the kind of uh, what what typefaces will come into vogue, or at least just what letter forms, if they're completely custom hand drawn. You know, that, that they really are completely bracketed into these periods of time. And so, obviously, for a project like what we're doing, we use that as shorthand to completely say, okay, there was this phase of the company, this phase of the company, and this phase of the company. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was just so cool. It's like, when you look online, you see all the different, you know, incarnations of the Pepsi logo or whatnot. And it's cool, cause it just adds that, adds that legitimacy. Like you're looking through the uh, life <laughs> and We're
0: always looking for right ways to show, not tell.
2: Stuff. Um, you know, which is a challenge when you look at, you know, things in, yeah. you know, in the history. Um, and you don't want to just have like, oh, here's a blog or here's a letter to read, right? It's a lot more fun to. I, I remember I was I was really early in my in my youth. I was really um, intrigued by this story that was all written through a check a check ledger, you know, someone mm. written a bunch of checks and and you could kind of tell a story by reading. You know just uh, the, basically the, these were checks written out to people for certain amounts on certain days and a story would come out of that so it's a lot more fun to like come across right again these it's like an archaeologist comes across these pottery shards and he could he can put together a story based on the evidence of you know gas right, and, and repeats, oh this person just puts this person there or you know it's, and,
0: it's a beautiful form and even though it's given new life in the alternate reality game context you know it's given the resolution of reality even if it's just digital reality it's given that uh, you know inherent it lives where you live and Mm. so that's a very attractive thing but the idea of telling a story through the in-universe objects or in-universe correspondence. I mean, that's an idea as old as fiction itself. Yeah. You know, the er- the earliest novels were, epist- were epistolary novels, and they were stories told through correspondence, letters back and forth. And there's always been that draw to what's between the lines, because if there's yeah. not a third, if there's not a third-person narrator telling you the context of what these characters are not saying, you as the reader are invited to make those connotations yourself. And it immediately makes it more personal Ooh. to you. And so there is something so wonderful about saying this story that I know was not told to me. I pieced it together myself. And there's a sense of ownership that comes with that. And that's why that's why I was drawn to playing ARGs as much as Ooh. making ARGs, was that I I always was drawn to that process of involving yourself. And when a, when an author allows you into the world, that's not something every author is willing to do. They're not willing to say, hey, I've made a place for you to exist. Because when you make a place for the audience to exist in the fiction, that represents letting go of a little bit of control and say, this is safe for you to play in. And so mm-hmm. I, I, I took every invitation mm-hmm. I was possibly given like that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just a very compelling way to tell a story. Yeah. Uh,
2: Hi, this is Steve Peters and you're listening to Inspirado Projecto.